You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. We are in a year-long series called Centered, and this idea of centered is centered on Jesus. And so we've looked at a number of aspects of the life of Jesus, and right now we are in some of the teachings of Jesus uh, that we find in the scriptures. And so today we're going to continue sort of this little bubble of a series inside the big series of talking about uh, Jesus and life together. And, um, you know, David did just a spectacular job, I thought, last Sunday of presenting to you this idea of this concept of church discipline and, and uh, the fellowship of the believers together as we, as we challenge each other and as we deal with sin issues in the body and all those kinds of things. He just did, did a great job. And so we're going to move this a little further along today. And what we want to talk about today is sort of not only our connectedness to one another, but our connectedness to God. And so we're going to talk about this teaching of uh, Jesus about the true vine and the branches. So let's look at John chapter 15 and let's begin at verse 1. Um, and uh, we're going to uh, go through the scripture together. All right, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to speak words of life. Thank you, God, that you have done such an amazing thing to give your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Thank you that you have empowered us through the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are ever intending to love us and to pursue us. Thank you that you want and desire to work through our lives. Thank you, Father, for your great love. Would you let me decrease? Would you increase by the power of the Holy Spirit right now through the words that I speak? May your word come alive for us today. Open our hearts uh, to the revelation of your word that we may have great understanding and discernment today. And may this impact us, change us, transform us so that we may go forth and show your glory in the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, Andrew Murray wrote a, a, a small booklet, and uh, it, it's called The True Vine. And uh, it's more of a devotional type of, of thing. But in the very beginning, he writes these words. He says, uh, and this is in respect to, to John chapter 15, he says, All earthly things are the shadows of heavenly realities, the expression in created, visible forms of the invisible glory of God. The life and the truth are in heaven. On earth, 
We have figures and shadows of the heavenly truths. When Jesus says, I am the true vine, he tells us that all the vines of earth are pictures and emblems of himself. He is the divine reality of which they are the created expression. They all point to him and preach him and reveal him. If you would know Jesus, study the vine. I want to challenge us that we somehow today get some of that. We look at that sort of picture, that analogy of the vine today. And, uh, and I want to try to encourage us and challenge us today that we are in the vine. That we are branches that are very much connected in the vine today. Uh, so as we go through this, hopefully that will speak to your heart today uh, in, in maybe a really powerful way. Um, but, you know, I alluded to our sabbatical. For those of you who might not know, Barb and I went away for a month um, and uh, we went to England. And, and uh, we, we love that country. We love touring over there. Uh, there's a, 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 a manor home, a very large stately home. Uh, for, for some of us, it would probably look like a castle if we saw it. It isn't actually a castle. The castles are, are much grander than those types of homes, but they're just enormous. But there's one on, on the edge of London. It's called Hampton Court. Maybe you've heard of Hampton Court or, or maybe even familiar with it. I've seen it yourself. But there is, there is there what is called the Great Vine, G-R-E-A-T, the Great Vine. It is a grape vine, but it is called the Great Vine, all right? Um, it's also called, the, I think it's called the, the Shiva Grossa, uh, it, it's it's uh, the black Hamburg, meaning that the, the grapes are black grapes that are produced on this particular type of, of grape vine. Um, right now, it stands at being somewhere at least 242 years old. Uh, that's, that is actually record. You know, I mean, they can record. There's dating back that far uh, of it. It, it. it may be older than that. And it was taken from another planting. There was a plant at, an, at another uh, mansion or place called Valentine's Mansion in Essex. And this was just a little, a little cutting from that particular grape vine that was taken. And it was planted at Hampton Court in, in, the, in the early years when Hampton Court uh, was con- constructed, um, and uh, it, it started to grow. And um, history says that uh, in, in 1887, now it, it was planted in 1769. So that gives you an idea about how, how, how old it, it, it might be. Um, he says that uh, in 1887, it was four feet at the base of this vine. Now, that, you and I would see that as a tree, you know, we wouldn't really look at that as a vine, but as a, as a tree. I think, I, do I have a picture of that? I, I might can show you. Uh, can you back up to the other picture? All right, that, that is the base, and you can see behind there, there's a black and, and, and white and green bag of, of uh, fertilizer on the other side of, of the, the, the little room there. And, uh, and that's like, like a, a great big bag, you know, so that get, helps you to, to get a, a little bit of the dimensions of it. But that is the base uh, that comes up out of the earth there, and then you see all the various uh, branches coming out from, from that base there, all right? And uh, so uh, it is said that right now it is now uh, over 12 feet in diameter where this, what, what you're seeing right there, that, that's 12. So that would be two of me laying down head to toe, uh, wide, okay, that, that is. All right, now if you want to show them that, uh, that other picture, 
Uh, these are actually, you can see, those are adult people at the far end of that archway. These are all the, the, the branches from that base of that grapevine that are coming out over this arbor. And they go way, way out. You don't actually see the end of it there. And uh, it produces hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of black grapes every year, uh, which are sold at some of the... Uh, the uh, institutions where, where uh, wounded veterans live, and that's how they, they help make money or whatever. At one time, it was the wine of the king's court. Uh, it was the wine that was used, you know, the grapes that were used to make the wine for the king's court. Uh, maybe that doesn't interest you, but I, I wanted to kind of just give you an idea of, of what, what a, a, a grapevine can do, you know, if it's tended and it's taken care of, uh, and uh, it, it can have, you know, a, a, a huge bearing of fruit. Uh, and that is honestly unique. And, and I, I, I'm told from another article that I read that this is actually now the, possibly the oldest, you know, living uh, vine of that dimension or that size uh, producing like that uh, in, in the world. Um, so for what it's worth, I, I hope that gives you kind of like just a, a little bit of an idea here as we go forward. That's, that's a shadow, if you will, all right? That's an analogy I'd like to kind of get in you today is that you are capable uh, with the right kind of care and help. You are capable to bear fruit. You are capable to bear much fruit, all right? Probably way more than you ever thought. Probably way, way more than you ever realized. And, and I dare say that the, the young man or woman who planted that little planting of that vine from Valentine Mansion at Hampton Court had any idea of what would be there today and what would be coming off today. Okay? Uh, so just, I just want you to understand that, that Jesus promises to do the same for you and I. Jesus wants and desires. He is the true vine. He wants and desires to, to bring life to His branches. He wants and He desires to, to give you purpose. And, and His purpose, I, I believe, is to bring nourishment to you. He's to, to sustain you and to, to strengthen you in order that you might produce this amazing fruit, if you will. And, and, and when separated from the vine, the branches will wither and they will die. They will not live. The vitality of your spiritual life is dependent upon your connection to the Lord Jesus Christ, the true vine. And that's one of the big ideas I want to get across to you today, all right? It is absolutely essential that you are connected into Jesus Christ. If not, everything you're doing is in the realm of death. It, it has no life to it. You can work hard. You can do much, but lest you are connected in Jesus Christ, it, it has death. It is in that realm of death. And so I want to I pose a couple of questions to us this morning. Uh, first, uh, obviously, and, and most important is, are you connected to the vine? You know, do you have that connection this morning? And, and, and is the life of Christ flowing in you? Is it, is it flowing in us? Even as a body of believers, as a, as a corporate body, as a church, I think that's a good question for us to ask. I think it's, it's good sometimes just to pause and say, is the Holy Spirit at work? 
Are, are we living in that dynamic of the Spirit? Are we really connected to God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ? Are we really doing that work of the kingdom? Is there life coming out of us? And we need to sometimes evaluate that because we can lose our passion in certain areas. I, I, right now, I, I'm really committed to harp and bowl ministry on Monday nights, and I didn't come for quite a little while. Um, but I, I, my wife and I both decided that that's something we want to do together. All right. And, and we want to be a part of, of some of the prayer effort of the church because we know that without prayer, we will not make it. We will not be effective. We will not do what God has called us to do. And that's one place where there has been sustainability and, and, and consistency in life church in prayer is in harp and bowl. Now, harp and bowl may not be your cup of tea in terms of style. But this isn't about style. This is about perseverance. This is about passion. This is about staying on, on track with God. And, and, and prayer and worship are two great key ways to do that. And so you, 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 I, some of you right now are going, well, you sound more like you plug in harp and bowl than you are preaching a sermon. Bingo, I certainly am. Uh, I would love for you to come to harp and bowl on Monday nights and join my wife and I. We would like to give you a personal invitation to come and sit and, and, and just soak in the presence of worship and of prayer and of praise. And perhaps you might want to take part. Sometimes there's an open mic session. Uh, we, some, some of the guys can help you to understand the concept of harp and bowl. Uh, and that, that idea, like in the Old Testament, when they were playing the harps 24-7 and the bowls of incense were burning, signifying that the prayers were going up into heaven, uh, touching God. It's that idea of, of just praying and praying out things about, about the church and about the community and about our lives and about issues, social issues justice issues, other issues that surround us as a community. It's a great, great thing. And I would love to see us fill this place up with people who are just for two hours a week, they are just intently praying together and being unified in that. So uh, the Harp and Bowl team did not ask for that. I probably embarrassed them this morning, but I'm asking you for that. I'm asking you to consider, prayerfully consider, spending two hours a week coming here, six to eight on Monday nights, and being a part of that. Because... and I. I and I believe this sermon backs me up, okay? I believe these scriptures back me up. We need to be connected. We need to be engaged with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, would, I would love to invite you to come and, and be with us, all right? We got we to gotta answer these questions. You know, we got to look at our lives. We got to figure this thing out. What, am I living a fruitful life? And, and that's the other question is, 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 Am I joined to Christ in such a way that I am bearing fruit? And maybe you need to even evaluate the, 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 the magnitude or the level of fruit. Not the quality necessarily, but the quantity uh, maybe isn't, isn't there. All right? Maybe some of us are not bearing any fruit. I don't know. But, uh, but I, I think that's for you to evaluate first and foremost. Is that where, 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 is, where is the fruitfulness of your life? And if there is not fruit there, I think your life deserves a real evaluation. I think it's, it's a crisis moment and you need to look at it and you need to say, hey, I got to do something. I got to recalibrate myself here. I got to make some changes here. All right. Let me give you about three ideas here that you can take away with you today. All right. And the first one is this. Jesus is the only source of life. Jesus is the only source of life. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, I am the true vine, all right? You ever wondered why Jesus may have said that? 
Let's think for a moment about what was happening and where Jesus and his disciples most likely are. Um, this is before the betrayal. Um, Jesus and his disciples, you know, they've been, they've been in the upper room and they've celebrated Passover and those kinds of things. Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. Um, he's spoken to them about events that are going to be taking place. Uh, there's been a great deal possibly of discussion about, uh, you know, the things that are to come. Jesus says, let's go, let's go out. They sing this hymn together and, and they go out, you know, and, um, you know, the disciples, um, they're walking along with, with Jesus. They come to the Mount of Olives, heading towards the Garden of Gethsemane. I think that somewhere along that way, Jesus, Jesus noticed and, and he saw an opportunity to speak some of his last words, last teachings in these latter passages of Scripture, and he, he sees this, this uh, grape vine, and he sees the, the branches, and he just says, oh, I need to talk to them. Here's something I need to say to them. I'm the true vine, and you, you are the branches. And he gives them something very beautiful to look at. Something that has a great deal of life. Now, this is going to lose its life very quickly because this was cut at Jack's farm, uh, I think, early this morning. Um, and it will wi- this, this branch in time will wither because it is no longer connected. But he's looking at, at these vines and, and these branches, and, and he's talking now, and he begins this teaching. Uh, he is the master teacher. He didn't talk over these people's heads. He's using things that were common to those that he taught that they could understand. And, um, and I believe that as they're making their way around, uh, Jesus uh, just takes this opportunity and does this little sermon illustration. Um, Jesus tells his disciples, he says that he is the life. In, in John 14, 6, he, he talks about that. And then he, uh, he alludes to the Holy Spirit, I believe, in, in that so it's... it's um, the, the Greek term, I, I won't say it right, but it's alan uh, parakleton. Um, it, means, it means another of the same kind uh, com- coming to, with, with strength, with power. Um, and he promises that this would come to them also in, in John chapter 14 here. And, and he's clarifying to them that, that he is this vine. And that there needs to be a connection. Now, he's going to go away, but the beauty is he's, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to come so that this connection can remain, all right? So that this connection can, can be there and there can be life constantly inside of us. And I, I, want, I want you to get that today, that Jesus hasn't left you alone. Jesus, Jesus hasn't dismissed himself from you, all right? He had to go back to be with the Father. He was going to be with the Father. He knew this even as he is teaching them that he is the vine. He is going to be with the Father. But he's assuring them that they're, they're, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be there for them to have this connection with him and with the Father. When I was little, I... I, we did science experiments in, in science class, and maybe you did them too. One of the experiments we did was, you know, uh, cutting off plants, and, and they, they, they get kind of withered, 
and then uh, you put them in water and they come back alive to life. A lot of you might have done celery that way, but you do celery with dye, like red dye or black dye, and then you can see how it goes up into the veins of the celery, you know, and the celery is, 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 is kind of wilted. You put it in the cup, and then you, the dye goes up, so you can see how it, the, the celery drinks the life. It drinks the, the, the liquid up, uh, okay? Um, the, the, the gym I work in in the mornings, you know, people who come to gyms are not plant people, they don't, they, I, I doubt any of them grow plants in their house. They may have something plastic, which is probably a commentary in and of itself for gym rats. But, but you know, I go in in the mornings. If I, haven't, if I haven't worked at the gym for a few days, I go in in the morning. We have two plants in the whole gym, all right, two little plants. And they're all, I mean, like, like the, 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 the branches or the limbs are like, they're down. On the, they're, they're resting on the side of the pot, and the leaves are down, and they're just like, flat and they're laying on the, on the table. And it's amazing. I don't know how they've lived all these years, but I come in and I go back and I get a glass and I fill it full of water and I come out and I just, I just pour water. And I just keep pouring water until water starts to come out of the bottom of the pot. And then invariably, I, I put the glass away and I go about my business opening the gym. And invariably, uh, when I, I notice a little later and it's like all... They're, the leaves are up, the stems are up. They're, they're, they're the craziest plants, you know, but all they need is life. They, they just need to, to drink some, some water, and, uh, and they have life again. They're, they're, they're up, you know. And so I, this, is, this is some of what I want you to see uh, today is this idea that, that God is your life, that, that you're connected through Jesus, if you will, all right? And, uh, and this, this, is, this is important for you and I to understand this, is that you, some of you are like me. You know how to work. I think I know how to work. I, I think I, I, I have energy. I, I work. You know, I, I do things. But I, I have been guilty in my life of doing stuff on my, in my own strength, you know, just going out on my own and just doing whatever, all right? But, but I, want, I want to ask you something today. In whatever you are doing, in where, what, whatever magnitude or capacity that you are working in, you may be a teacher, you may be uh, a, a, a builder of some kind, you may, you may work for some major corporation, you may be in the medical profession, you may be in the insurance business, you may, uh, whatever you're doing. The question is, are you connected to the vine? It, are, you, are you living out of your own strength or are you really connected to Jesus through the forgiveness of your sin? If, if you've not let Jesus rescue you out of a sinful world, then, then all of your good, all of your deeds are as good as dead. All right? The life you are living is, is empty. It is meaningless because you're not connected to the source of life. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to change what you're doing. You just need to get connected so you have life in it. And that you become fruitful out of that life that is in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way, all right? The wages, uh, Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin, uh, the cost of sin, it is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we have our life in Christ. Christ, and the choice is ours, all right? 
So, so we, can, we can either stay the way we are or we can choose to be grafted in and become a part of the living vine. We, we have choices to make, all right? All other vines, all other things, if you will, if we want to use that analogy, all other things that you use to give you life will not give life. And those branches have, have no real fruit because there's no life in the vine. But when you're connected to Jesus, suddenly everything, like these plants I talked about, have life. All right? They're made new. They're made alive. The second thing I want you to see through this, this passage of Scripture is that the life source, Jesus, the life source, it will produce fruit. Jesus is that life source, and, and uh, His life is in you for one purpose, folks, and that is to produce fruit. And... Um, the question we need to ask ourselves, I think, then at that point is, well, how much fruit am I, am I producing? How, what's being produced you know, through my life? Is there no fruit? Is there some fruit? Is there an abundance of fruit? And I don't want you to get hung up on this, and this isn't about works. Please understand that. We're not trying to get you in the place where you, you think you've got to do more and do more and do more, all right? But, but remember here that Jesus is talking to his disciples, and Jesus is saying that he is the true vine and his disciples are those who believe in him and they are the branches. And so when we think about the, the, the quantity of fruit in an individual's life, we're talking here about believers now, not, not unbelievers, not the lost, all right? Those who are connected to the vine. And uh, anyone who is, is not connected to Jesus cannot bear fruit, according to this, all right? The, the reality here is that You are connected if you know Jesus, therefore you should be bearing fruit. And so now we have to begin to ask ourselves, what is it? What what kind of fruit do I need to bear? What what do I need to be doing to be fruitful? All right? From that source that is that is now within me, through the power of the Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to do? And so for a moment I would like to think about the fruit. All right, I would like to think just about the fruit here for a moment. Um, What is it that I'm supposed to be producing? You know, what, 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 what is supposed to come from you, all right? Some, I, I listened to, 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 to quite a few guys talk about this over the last week or two. Um, some talk about the fruit of Jesus and they talk about obedience, you know, which fits the context. Those who love Christ will obey His, His, His commands. This is very much something that is important, that we are obedient, that we are obeying God. And some of the others focused in and, and they said, you know, the real fruit is the production of other believers. You, you produce other believers. You make disciples. You know, one of the signs of, of life is that it reproduces itself. You know, we hope someday that Life Church will reproduce itself, that we will put another, we will grow enough to put another congregation in another neighborhood within our city. Or maybe a congregation on the reservation. Or maybe a congregation in some other country. But we want to be able to reproduce ourselves. To send people out. To, to be senders, if you will. And to send people out. We want to reproduce ourselves in that way. All right? And so fruit carries with it the seed. And the seed has the ability to reproduce. Others teach that... Uh, it's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what it's all about, is that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the evidence of you being connected to the vine, is this, this fruit of the Spirit that your life exemplifies. Which one is it? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 16, He says, By their fruit you will recognize them. 
Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Jesus is saying, you'll, you'll recognize the fruit. Remember we talked about, as we were talking about, not judging. You don't judge the world because the world is lost. It's not your place to judge the world. But in the context of believers with one another, we are fruit inspectors. We, are, we have the, the privilege, if you will, and the responsibility to inspect the fruit and, and to go to one another as a brother in love and, and our sister in love, trying to help each other and encouraging each other. And it was, that was beautiful what Pastor Dave talked about and how he turned that last week to, to talk about how that, that God loves you so much that, that first he'll send a brother to you. And if that doesn't help you to see uh, the, the, the error in your ways, then, then that brother goes and gets another brother or two and they, they come to you. And, and at the end of it all, it's, you're, everybody is going to come to you because we're, we're, it is, it's, it's, going to, it's going to be the whole church that is coming after you. The whole of the body of Christ is, is going to be coming after you. And that's, what God, that's how much God loves you, that He would want to send the, the, whole, the whole body to say, hey, come on, let's, let's get back in here. Let's, let's do what's right. I want to tell you what, this is, this, is a, this is an amazing place, and it's been on my heart for, for mine and Pastor Dave's both for se- several weeks. And, and it's just this idea of what do we do with one another? Especially when we, we see each other in places and we have concern for each other's heart and, and we have desire for each other to, to know God more and, and to live the, the best life that, that we can live. And, and, and I love this idea of us, us just being sent by God to one another and, and, and going after one another. See, here's the thing. God loves you, but God doesn't love you in a way that He will let you stay the way you are. He loves you enough to move you. And, and He'll use what He has, the body of Christ, to do that. And it's not just about church discipline, but it's about you and I being brothers and sisters together in the kingdom and, and loving each other enough to not let each other stay in the places that we are in where there is struggle and, and there, there are problems and there, there are bad choices and, and bad decisions and those kinds of things. We're all, we're all in this together. We're, we're growing together. And, and we are producing fruit, hopefully, most of us, in some capacity. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying that we need to be going around everybody saying, show me your fruit, show me your fruit, show me your fruit. But I'm saying that, that we can look at each other's lives and I think we can, if we will be in relationship with one another enough and get close enough to each other and allow each other to get close enough, we can begin to understand each other more. And out of our love for one another, we can begin to live this life of of challenging and sharpening one another as the body of Christ. Iron sharpening iron and, and that sort of thing. But the key is that we are in Jesus. And I believe, folks, that you will have all of this that I just talked about if you are connected and in Jesus. You will obey Him because you love Him. You, 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 will, you will desire to do His will in, in this situation, all right? you will reproduce. You will be out and about the business of, of making disciples and, and, and leading others to Jesus Christ. And the fruit of the Spirit will abound in your life. Now, that brings us to the question of quantity. What about, what about quantity? How much fruit is your life supposed to produce? I'm surprised that when I read that passage, every time 
that there are branches that are connected to the vine which produce no fruit. I, I believe that Jesus, you know, he's describing a couple of different such branches here. And on the service, surface of all of this, we, we, we may think that both are receiving the, the same treatment by the gardener here. Um, but the fruitless branch is cut off and thrown into the fire. Is that right? From, from that passage we see. But I, I would ask you not to jump to too quick of conclusions about that. And let's, let's look at what Jesus says in Scripture here a little bit. Um, you know, in, 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 I want to look at verse 2 and verse 6. And he says in verse 2 that he cuts off, he takes away every branch in me that bears no fruit, uh, as it says in the, in the New King James and in the NIV. And then in verse 6, he says, If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and, and burned. And uh, I, I'd like to pose to you that, that, that those two passages, verse 2 and verse 6, could be speaking of different situations in the tending of the vine, if, if you will, all right? And, and I want you to understand that this is quite a, this is quite a challenge for you and I to, to hear this and to hear this kind of language coming from the Scriptures, all right? You know, a, a, healthy, a healthy grapevine puts out new shoots, all right? This, this is healthy, and this, is, this was growing until Jack uh, cut it off here, and, and there, there's lots of little things for it to connect, you know, to, to a trellis or to, to a fence or whatever. And, uh, and these, these are like shoots that are coming off of here. There's a, there's a main vine, if you will, that's growing here, and it's already con- tangled up here, these two. But this is an extra shoot that's now shooting off here, and this is an extra shoot that's shooting off here. And there's another big leaf under, under here, and it's probably going to grow off some more here as well. And what happens is, is these, are, these are branches that may not necessarily bear any fruit, all right? And what they're doing is they're sucking the nutrients out of the main branch. They're, they're keeping it from being able itself to bear the necessary fruit. And uh, grapevines are notorious for this kind of thing, where they just, they're shoots that just go out, and they, they go out quickly. They, they grow really fast. Uh, and they have all this appearance of, of life. I mean, they're, they're growing uh, here, but they, they don't bear fruit, all right? They, and, and a lot of times they'll, they'll grow down because they'll get heavy and they'll grow into to the ground, if you will. They get covered with dirt. They get shaded from the light of the sun, all of that. Uh, so although, although they are alive here, they are not producing fruit, all right? But what happens then is that the gardener, the one who tends the vine, he comes along, the dresser, if you will. He comes along and he pulls them up out of the dirt, all right? He gets them up out of the dirt that they are covered in, all right? And he washes the dirt from the leaves so that the leaves are not heavy anymore, all right? He washes them. And what happens is the, 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 the branches begin to lift even because they're no longer heavy and they're, they're no longer held down. And so he lifts them up on the, on the trellis, all right? Um, and, and he lets them get light and he and lets them get sun and they're cleaned up and they're trained to grow and... Um, and they, they produce fruit, all right? So they're, they're good branches, and they produce fruit. Um, but the, the tender comes along, and if there's a branch that he knows is not going to bear fruit, and it's only going to take life from the rest of it, what he does is he prunes it, and it's taken off. And um, that is what is cast aside, those that are taken off. 
I'm not trying to create a debate here between the Calvinists and the Arminians or anything like that sort of thing. But here's what I want you to understand today is that it's a dangerous place to be to not have fruit. And God's intent is that you be fruitful in in your life. And I want to challenge you to look at your life in that respect. I don't believe that God takes anyone who is a believer and who has accepted him as their Lord and Savior and because there is no fruit being born that he, he cuts them off, he prunes them off and casts them out. That is not like him. The scripture here says to us that the Father is not willing, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Father is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I don't believe that's God's way of doing things. But I also know that there is a scripture passage that says, some stood before him in judgment and said, did we not cast out demons? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not do this? Did we not do that? In other words, they looked like they had life to them. And he looked at them and said, I never knew you. I never knew you. It gets heavy in here, doesn't it, when we talk about these kinds of things. There is is a branch here that does not produce fruit and it is cast off. The only way you can produce fruit that has life to it is to be in Jesus Christ. And that is our goal here, is to connect you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is the call that we have to you today, all right, is that you be a healthy, fruitful vine growing and that you know Jesus as as your Lord and Savior, all right? At the beginning of of the planting, I'm told by by what I've read from... from, um, vine dressers, that there is, there is a, a, a pruning and a snipping that, that, that goes on a little bit, and, and, but most of those leaves are lifted out. And if you study that Greek, that word for, for uh, cut off can also mean lifted up. And so we, we see at the beginning that the, the, the dresser goes out and, and he surveys the plant and he l- uncovers and cleans up and lifts up those plants, those that needed cleaning up a little bit. The world will make you heavy. The world will bury you. But God's intent is for you to be cleaned up and, and, and made so that you can be lifted up and, 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 and bear fruit. And God will do everything He can to help you do that. That's why He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. And that's why He sent the Holy Spirit to be your strength and your comforter and your teacher along the way. And that is why I believe He has put us in church to be connected to one another in such a way that, that we can encourage each other and challenge each other and spur each other on in love and inspect each other's fruit a little bit. And we do that together as, as the body of believers. And I do believe because it's in the scriptures that there are limbs that are cut and they are gathered and they're put in the fire and they are burned. What, what, do we, what do we bring from this today? The Father receives no glory, folks, in cutting off a branch. He receives no glory when someone is not connected to Jesus. 
but he receives great glory when we are fruitful. And I believe that he's placed you and I in relationships with each other. This is where we're going to build. This is where we're building from last week's message, if you will, all right? We can't make it alone. We can't be effective alone. I, I believe this is sort of the single most important thing that, that, that God does for us is he, he brings us together now, after salvation, of course, but, but He brings us together and He puts us in loving relationships and they're very vital to our spiritual health. He instructs us in His Word. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. We have devotions. We have sermons. We have teachings. We have small groups. We have all these things, but we're strengthened through the Word of God. And then God renews our mind, if you will, so that we no longer conform to the ways of this world. The Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So if, if we don't let God lift us up, if we don't let let God move us out of that place where we get buried in the, in the stuff of the world. We can, we can find ourselves in danger of becoming fruitless. And I don't want you to stand before God in, in, in the believer's judgment and, and Him not find you fruitful. And so I want to challenge you today. Hebrews 3.12 says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. I, just, I know I'm giving you a warning here. For some of you, you're going, Pastor, I'm tired, and we worked hard for you yesterday, and we did so much for you. And, and here you come here today with this kind of stuff. I know. I know. John 15 doesn't let us just put this aside. You need to be a fruit-bearing individual. And I want to challenge you today that you are in Jesus. So all I'm asking you to do, just know that you're in Jesus. That, that you have that relationship. And that is what you're working out of. That's what you're operative out of, is this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that you're letting Him tend you. You're letting Him do what is necessary for you to grow in such a way that you bear fruit. As I made reference at the beginning of the service, He chose you. You didn't choose Him. But He chose you to bear fruit, much fruit, that will last. And He says, if you will do this, whatever you ask in my name, I will do for you. Why would He say that? He is speaking to fruit-bearing believers when He's saying that. He's referencing the fruit-bearing believers. And I believe when you are bearing fruit, you have let him do what he needs to do to you to be a fruit-bearer. That means that you have crucified yourself, that, that Christ can live through you. You've already died in a sense. It is, it is Christ living through you. And you know what you'll do? If you are crucified in Christ and you are living that kind of fruit-filled life, you will ask what Jesus would ask. You would not ask out of worldliness. You would not ask out of greed. You would not ask out of immaturity. You, well, you might ask out of immaturity, but, but you, would, you would begin to come around and grow and mature, even in, even in the asking, as, as, as it's not given to you, or as, as you don't receive an answer to that particular prayer that's, that's, that's prayed uh, in, in some way that is, isn't the will of God. You'll, you'll be all right because you'll grow in that place. You'll allow God to grow you, you know. I've heard people who have said, well, I asked God for something and He didn't give it to me, so I'm, I'm done. I quit. 
Not a good place to be. And I've seen people who have prayed and asked for crazy things. And then gone out and gotten them. And gotten themselves all messed up. Financially and otherwise. And create, you know, quit jobs because they didn't want that job. So they asked God to find them a job. And then they just quit their job and went home and watched TV. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you ex- examples that have been given in my office. If you are in Jesus and you are letting God do through the power of the Holy Spirit what He needs to do in your life, you will pray the will of the Father out. And as you grow, that will be primed. That will, that will be honed as you go forward. God's intent is that you will bear fruit. So then let's, let's just ask this morning, are you fruitful? not for anybody else to judge you. It's not for you to think of anybody else right now. But are, are you fruitful? Is there, are you living in obedience? Has God spoken some things to you and you've not done them? I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you that as a, as a point of trying to, to condemn you or, or, or make you feel bad here. I, I know me. There are things once in a while where I'm in a church service and somebody starts preaching a sermon and I'm convicted because God spoke something to me way back and said, you need to do this or you need to do that. And I didn't follow through with it in obedience. And sometimes it'll get brought back to me and it's like, oh God, I need, I need to take care of that. Maybe it's just going and talking to someone or maybe it's asking forgiveness for something. Maybe it's, it's um, giving something to someone in, in obedience. Maybe it's just laying down some aspect of your lifestyle. Maybe it's doing more in some particular area. But there's a, there's a place of obedience where, where you've stopped growing, stopped being fruitful. Maybe you're one of those people like me, you find it very difficult to share the gospel with other people. I loved yesterday so much. See all those people out there? hanging out together in the neighborhood. But I know that some of the people in the neighborhood don't know Jesus. And it's really hard for me to, to, to start that conversation, to, to go there with someone. We alluded to Pastor Dennis, and he's, he's allowed me privilege to speak of him. Uh, but he shared his testimony, and part of his testimony is that he is in a very liberal denomination. And he said that for the longest time, he said, I preach and I didn't care about people's eternity. He said it wasn't even a thought on my, it wasn't on my radar. It wasn't a thought on my mind. He said, I, I had no care. So I didn't preach that way. And he said, then I started hanging around with three or four guys and we were hanging around a lot with each other. And he said, they were all filled with the Spirit. And he said, something happened in me. And he said, I suddenly became aware that people are dying and going to hell. And he said, still in the same group, but now, I ask a lot of questions. And he says, I'm very concerned about people going to hell. And he says, so I live my ministry out of that, that framework. And I, I want to help people find Jesus. I said, man, you got our heart. We're, we're beating on the same page here in that respect. You know? And I know that for some of you it's difficult to share your faith. But we got to do this. We're going to try to make it as, as easy as we can, like neighborhood events and such as that. But we all need to be making disciples. We need to be about the Father's business. 
And folks, we're going to do that a lot better if we are filled with the Spirit and the fruit is evident through our love and our joy and our peace and, and uh, our discipline and all those kinds of things. I really want to challenge you that the fruit of the Spirit is just overflowing in abundance in your life. And that's only going to happen as you spend time with God. That's only going to happen as you and Jesus get to know each other. Nathan's going to come and do a little guitar for us. And I want to pray for you right now. And we're going to open this table right here. Today, some of you, you may not know this Jesus. You may have never made that commitment to him. But I'm telling you that today you can. You can, you can get this thing settled today. And I would like to, to ask you to do that in a place of great love and, and, uh, and, and affirmation. You can do that. And so our prayer team is going to stand over here on this side. Maybe you want to go to this station first before you go to this station, all right? And just get something right with God. Maybe you're saying, hey, you know, I, I'm a branch, but I haven't been fruitful. I haven't been bearing any fruit. And I've, just, I've, just, I've just been down in that dirt and I've been covered up and the world is just, it's just, it's just hidden me away and I'm under there. But I feel like today God wants to lift me out, clean me up. I want a fresh start. Either you can take care of that with God right in your seat or you can go to one of these who will pray with you and then here to the table. Today you're saying, hey, I'm fruitful, but I want, a, I, I want a really fruitful life. I want, a, I want an abundance with God. You know, I, want, I, want, I really want to just really renew that, that sense of being connected to Him. I think the communion table is a marvelous, marvelous place to do that. And so I'm going to ask you that as, as Nathan begins to, um, to play the guitar here, um, let me just read a little something to you. And then I want to invite you to come. What I'd like for you to do is come, receive your communion, and then either go back and sit down or move over to the side so others can get in there. Um, and uh, when you're ready to leave, you dismiss yourself today, all right? But this is your time. You can wait as long as you would like to, uh, to go in, up and to receive um, communion, okay? Um, let me just share this passage with you to prepare our hearts and pray for you. In the following, excuse me, for I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let me pray for you. Father, would you right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Speak life into every heart in this room. Holy Spirit, would you just hover over us and search us right now? Let our prayer be David's prayer. Search me, O God, and see if there be any unclean way in me. Jesus, would you 
bring that cleansing and that healing today that is needed. And as we come to your table, may we experience you in fullness. And may we leave here today truly connected. Help us to be fruit bearers. In Jesus' name we pray.